Hi, I'm Calista. And I'm Allison. And welcome back to I Don't Want to Talk About Politics, a podcast where we discuss the issues you don't want to talk about around the Thanksgiving dinner table. That is quite odd to say. Last time we said it was September. A long time ago. <laughs> long time ago. 2023 was the last time that we said it. I don't even know how to do this anymore. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, we're back. And it's been an embarrassing amount of time since we uploaded an episode. But hey, we're back. <laughs> and we're glad to be back. Um, we can, I guess we'll start with like talking about some of the changes that we made to the podcast. As much as we loved attempting weekly episodes, we were trying to cover so much content in so little time. So we're going to be switching it up. We're going to be dropping it down to two episodes a month. Which I think will be better for both of our schedules. And will be it'll give us more time to kind of focus on like a subject and really dive into it. Rather than doing like, I feel like sometimes we would do like the Spark Notes version of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's definitely times where it was like there wasn't enough time. Yeah. Um. So one episode we will we will use to solely discuss like a political slash social political matter, very similar to the main segment of our normal episodes. However, it gives us more time to expand on it. This this gives us about like forty five minutes to an hour for one topic, rather than like our twenty to thirty minute segments in an episode. Mm-hmm. And then for um, our other episode of the month, um, it'll give us more opportunity to focus on like our social issue or even have some fun with it. For example, uncovering um, the rainbow is one of our most listened to episodes and personally one of my favorite episodes to, to record. That was very fun. It's um, really fun. We got a lot of enjoyment out of making fun of Target's 2023 Pride Collection, which I never ended up getting that chevron tank top that I wanted. Because it was ugly. I wonder you if they still don't need it. It was ugly. No, no, you don't need a. You don't need it. I don't it's care whether it was part of the Pride Collection or not. It wasn't cute. It's for sale on eBay. Oh my goodness! There's a matching skirt with it, Calista. Yeah, I knew that. It's just as ugly. There's also a dress in the exact same pattern. I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not a small woman, but I'm not 4X. There's also a sweater I can get with it as well. Yeah. All of them are just as ugly as the last. Anywho. I'm going to do some digging later. <laughs> but it's... It's good to be able to talk about fun stuff while also having, I mean, we got to make fun of the Pride Collection, but we also had kind of a deeper conversation about the Alphabet community. Um, Family vlogging is another great example. And in my opinion, our most underrated episode, it is our least listened to episode. And I have like mad beef with people because I love that episode. So good. It's one of the first episodes where we actually made it through without making a ton of mistakes or getting way off track you know it's so long but that's because we had a good conversation there wasn't things to edit out i'm sorry it's a good episode we didn't get off track we stayed on topic had great discussion we still like text each other about everything that goes on the lebrant's lives now that and the eight passengers passengers Speaking of, we never got to talk about it on the podcast, but whoever has been following the case, I believe she pleaded guilty. I'm pretty sure, yes. I think she pleaded She pleaded guilty, and now the kids are back in the dad's possession. I believe. Yeah, she does not deserve her kids. No. Anyways, we just wanted to give a little disclaimer on what it's... Um, on what to be expecting, at least for the time being, and also we appreciate your feedback on whether or not you like this new format. If you're like, we love the weekly in quotations episodes that you guys were doing, I guess we could go back to those maybe. But if you're like, I like this new format, or if you're like, I hate both formats, the both of you stop talking, you should never exist on the internet ever. I guess that's fair. I guess you can 
have your own opinions. Yeah. Um, for now, let's play um, some catch-up. Last time us chatted, you, me, Craig, the listeners, we were moving into college and sharing. Yeah. We, we were moving back in together. I'd like to say that we've ended well, actually, we weren't moving back in together. We never lived together in the first place. We were moving in together. I would like to say that we ended our... We, 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 we're we still friends, so that's something... Are we, though? <laughs> that's true. Clissa never talks to me anymore. She's too busy. We're still, we're still friends. We still chat. I still send her TikToks. She never responds to my TikToks. Because half the time I don't look at them. I'm mm. busy when you send them and then I just forget to look at them later. We started off the school year good. We had like 10 fire alarms the entire first semester. And let's go with like 15. I got stuck in an elevator for an hour that with 15 other people. That happened. We did, we did, we camped out in front of the arena for a basketball game, and we froze to death and broke a tent. It was great, other than being freezing, but like, hanging out with everyone was fun. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times, I would never do it again. Yeah, it's one of those things that I would definitely only do once. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things I would recommend, like, everybody do, but only do it once. Yeah, no, I'm not saying, like, no one should do it. I I think everyone should do it at least once. It's a fun I, experience. It's truly, friend of the pod, number one listener, Dominic, does it for every single game. And will do it, like, the night before on the cold, hard concrete. And I do not know how he does it. Because I was like, <laughs> you walk? Or it's not necessarily just the cold, hard concrete. It'll be 90 degrees outside and he's still doing it. Yeah. And let me tell you, the walk back, that that, that like ruined my day. Like literally, I was so off the rest of the day. I got back. I like crawled into I bed. I didn't even walk back. Yeah. I had class. I walked back, I crawled into bed, I fell asleep, I was late to class because I slept so hard. Moving on in our timeline, Calista went and decided to contribute to my abandonment issues and graduated. But Calista graduated, congratulations Calista, you now no longer have to fill out a DQ ever again. That's the best feeling ever. I have, including this one, four semesters left. Which feels like so long, but so little. It will go by fast. Finally, Christmas. How was your Christmas? Very good. You got your snazzy new shirt. Can you read your shirt out for the for the for the listeners? It it's not conservative. It's common sense. I got some snazzy new shoes for Christmas. Oh, that's good. I got the Federalist Papers. I'm so happy about this. I've asked for the Federalist Papers for like three years now. I'm sorry, that was such a long tangent. We're gonna get into the up actually closely. Is there anything else you wanna say? No, I'm good. What would we label this? Is this our unserious episode? <laughs> this is our yeah. episode. It's so random. But if you all don't remember, our our very first episode, we talked about transgender athletes. And how the trans community is depending on womanhood and gender. This time, we're taking it right from the mouths of the transgenders, I guess. Although none of the people I listened to were actually trans. Except for one person. But he was a guest. One person was on the one I listened to. And the other one I listened to, they had, like, a guest that was. I guess we're, like, seeing, well, listening to what the trans community has to say. We're going to start, you know, the, did you ever read, like, If You Give a Pig a Pancake? Yeah. Give a mouse a cookie. Well, let me tell you a little story. 
if you give a trans person a podcast, Spotify will re- recommend it to Allison in her daily drive. Then Allison has a stupid podcast about stupid trans surfers in the middle of her freaking Taylor Swift every single day for like two weeks. So then she'll complain about it to Callista. So then they have to do an episode talking about trans podcasters. Obviously. I'm because not how else would we have it? Every day for two weeks and then searching all these podcasts up messed up it so much that now I am continuously recommended only trans podcasts. Uh, Anyways, we're not necessarily like talking about trans podcasters, but we did torture ourselves this week by sitting down and listening to four different episodes from four separate talk podcasts talking about trans issues um i don't know about you my one of mine leans more like gender wise trans like i feel like i have a weird scope of i feel like mine more lean into like gender as a construct with like whispers of trans but i feel like yours are more like head-on trans and we're definitely more head-on trans (laughs) weird phrase (laughs) I feel like I, like, set you up with these, like, strange phrases. <laughs> that was, felt very weird to say. <laughs> but I guess I, I like, in protest of the surfer community one, I guess we'll start off with you, Callista. What, talk about the first episode they listened to. Draws into your world. So, oh. I listened to How Trans Surfers Find Community, oh. The Times, meaning the LA Times, essential news from the, oh, I guess I, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> too great over here. Um, this one was rather boring. Um, it was just a reporter who is reporting, she goes, I found this super interesting story. It was not interesting. Uh, about a trans only like um surfing event and how it helps the trans surfers find a community um here's a few things i pulled out of this episode the trans person they interviewed i can't remember what his name was but um called transgender transgenderness has become more of a political battleground so basically saying everyone fights over the right or uh, being trans as like, whether right it's be trans just yeah the right to be trans mm-hmm. and like if it's something you should do or if it's something that's just not actually do you feel like that's the argument now maybe because like i remember in like american government we talked about how like in like the newer generations the argument isn't whether or not um like, our generation agreed with, like, I guess, like, the existence of, like, gay people or non-binary people or stuff. Or It's, like, the enforcement. Our generation, like, cared about more, like, the, like, like, how, like, the changes that they make to stuff. So, like, specifically, trans people competing in sports, like, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely, like, I feel like the left doesn't see it as this, but the right really focuses on whether, like, transing the kids. Like, is that okay? Mm-hmm. And should trans men compete or transgender people compete in women's sports? Mm-hmm. Which all of these come down to, like, safety and well-being of the people, the person themselves and the people around them. Uh-huh. But the left sees it as the right attacking trans people. Mm-hmm. Were you aware surfing is gender affirming? I don't know what that means. 
I don't know, but I was told by this person that surfing is gender affirming. Do, do does the water not tell gender? Like what what is this? <laughs> They're like, mm, yeah, actually. <laughs> Seahorse like pops up, like a little dolphin. Like female. Oh well, like just be like, it's a boy. I was the DJ. I'm so confused. Does the does the can can the sea creatures tell gender? Like, can the waves tell gender? Like, I don't know. I think there is a post, like a like a little like Instagram thing. We do um, <laughs> our favorite quotes from me because I have some good ones. I ha- I have some good ones too. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the final point that they made was transgenderism is only unfair when we win. Referring to because they were talking about how this trans. Uh, surfer ended up on the top and when they were competing against their own gender no one like saw it as an issue when they won but then when they went competed against the other gender they won and everyone started freaking out like maybe because you're competing against it was another gender yeah yeah a different gender but yeah so that one was shorter than most of uh, or the other one I listened to, and it also was very boring. Mm-hmm. But that's all the points on that. Um, Just remember, surfing is gender affirming. Is this, is this the one that you said that you found the house likable? No. Mm. This was the one I... Yeah, it was literally a reporter and then some random trans person that I'm pretty sure they just picked up off the side of the road went yeah this sounds like a good it's like a weirdly niche community like how many people like how many trans surfers are there like three they were acting like this event where they changed the whole the whole beach into a trans fest is what they called it Um, they acted like there was a bunch of them yeah so that's it on that one I actually am going to switch the order of this for mine because mine second one connects more to the trans surfers thing. Okay. And the other one, I actually liked both the co-hosts for it. And I'm much more excited to talk about that one than this one. I'm much more excited to talk about the one that, well, we'll get to it. Okay. So I did... Um, they are called the Sci Guys podcast, and I was actually looking at them. I went into this telling close that I hope that I like these be- these guys because they have a lot of really interesting episodes that I would love to talk about. No, 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 no. I hated every single moment of my life listening to this podcast. Every single moment of my life of these stupid British men. I hated every single moment of my life. I listened to the Sci Guys podcast. Their episode, the science of trans athletes with Skylar Baylor um, at Pink Manta Ray. Screw Skylar Baylor in a stupid Instagram and screw both of the men that hosted this. Black. You know, I don't know. What do they call black British people? Because it's not African American. Don't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, what are you How call? am I supposed to know? I don't know. <laughs> I don't you don't even know what to call Americans anymore because they complain about every single thing you call them. <laughs> like, no, please call me this. No, please American. call me that. No, don't you dare say that. What? Af- African British? African Brit? Brit African? The FBI is going to be like, what is this Google? Search. This is not the weirdest thing that I've searched. <laughs> okay, so it says they call themselves African British. That 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 just doesn't sound right. 
people are stupid. I'm sorry. Getting back to this. Anyways, their guest was female to male trans. And they talked about, so they talked about like the science of it barely. Mostly, they talked about like, like actually competing in sports. So they talked about how like, um, some they stated some facts. So I'll throw some of this information out here. Feel free to stop me as I go along. And so they talked about like the different level of bands and how there's categorical bands, hormone based bands, and no bands. So like categorical bands would be like no trans people can compete in a sport of a gender they're not biologically. And then hormone bands, like, you have to have, like, a certain hormone level to compete. And then just no bands at all. Anyway. They said. The hypersexuality is, they said that we are requiring. The us, like, requiring trans people, women to be, like, all this, like, focus on trans women, like, invading women's sports is a hypersexuality of trans women and is um and like the disappearance of them is rooted in misogyny and he says that um a lot of times we are overlooking trans men and don't believe that they're threat claiming and then they talk about like claiming unfair doping hormones tested and so here's the thing i actually enjoyed for a little bit is they talked about trans men who are viewed as like lost girls and like it's like the infantilization of trans men versus the predatory nature of trans women. Using so they talk about like using the guise of feminism to project transphobia. And then they said that trans men are women who have who were coerced into transitioning, and it places an unfair hysterical mindset on women. And he gives examples of trans men. Beating cis women, and why are we not outraged? Trans men be- beating, as in like beating in a competition, not like beating up <laughs> cis men. Why are we not as outraged? So I like wanted to stop there, and I actually do think it's like not something that gets talked about enough. Is that like the invasion of trans um, men into men's sports? Because like. Where do they talk about this? They talk about a transgender wrestler named Mac Bags, who we talked about in our first episode. And he was, um, he tra- she transitioned female to male, attempted to fight in the boys with the boys and like by as a bio, attempted to wrestle as a biological male, but was required to wrestle with the girls. Um, and then like, I feel like they definitely like made the, co-host actually like really made light of the girls who were like injured by him and that's what i didn't like about them is like a lot of the people that they were talking about that like are affected by these bands like the ones affected by like the intrusion of trans people into sports i feel like they really like made light of their concerns especially like safety wise safety wise but yeah i i say this multiple times but they have a very flippant attitude of the women who are competing and they claim that the issue isn't about biological advantage but about transphobia they go back to that in their like science section but i just wanted to touch on that right now they also said my favorite quote white feminism isn't feminism you can't disregard that like if you're saying like as a man i feel like i can't speak on these things but then be like white feminism isn't feminism like who are you to declare what feminism is they also insulted, like, the Williams sisters and Simone Biles. I don't know what they said about it, but I apparently was very offended by it. Another quote. Um, the policing of trans women is the policing of all women. It's about trying to erase trans people rather than about fairness. And that this entire movement is about defining womanhood, which I actually agree with. It's about defining womanhood, but they said that white men are the ones who are primarily pushing it. Okay. Aren't they white? Well, the I guess the one guy isn't white. It's I was like, aren't they guy. white men themselves? No, it was one white, one ginger. 
So they talk about how cis men, cis women are affected in being called trans, which I found very offensive. That's what they said. They said like the Williams sisters and the Simone Biles could be called trans because the Williams sisters are like tall. Yeah, they're apparently saying that people are calling them trans because, and I was like, this is incredibly offensive. Like, no one's saying this. Like, you're just making this up. And then they yeah. said, they said, like, um, there's like these gender boxes and there's like variants in presentations of gender um, and like rejecting actual misogyny, which I'll talk more about like the presentation of gender in a bit. And they said the hyper rigidity of gender categories as a ref- rejection of trans liberation which makes no sense that sentence is nonsense was that even english hyper rigidity of gender categories as a rejection of trans liberation they looked at the dictionary and said what big words can i put into a sentence to make myself sound smart but really you just sound dumb we're gonna get into some more dumb nonsense so then they talk about that there are they start they start talking more about gender after this. So this is how they get into their gender. And they said that there's many colors as there are genders, or there's no gender at all. So basically saying that anyone <laughs> there is many people, like as there as many people there is, there is gender, or there's no gender at all. There is not a common, which I agree, that there's not a common agreement of the expression of gender. Um, And it says gender binary. Oh no, this is my favorite part. We get into some weird stuff right now, Calissa. They said that gender binary came from colonizers and used it to destroy societies from within, which led to domestic abuse, transphobia, and homophobia. And race didn't exist in countries before the UK colonized them. And then they went into like a weird history of sexual orientation that I like skipped through because it was stupid. Now is when we get into the actual science, by the way. We have now only reached the science of this episode. We are at the 45 minute mark. Oh my goodness. Okay. So they talk about bone density. A lot of this stuff is just stupid. They talk about bone density and how it doesn't have a meaningful advantage to transferring force. If it causes advantage, then this is offensive. If bone density caused an advantage in transferring force, then Black women would have a biological advantage. And they said trans have disadvantages. They have disadvantages because they have a smaller like they have more they have a smaller muscle frame in a bigger body so they talked about like small engine big car and they said that muscle mass itself isn't the most important thing it's hemoglobin which hemoglobin is a protein that carries oxygen in the blood and that trans women drop their hemoglobin levels within 120 days of transition to normal to like so that it's at like a normal woman's level and accusations of like all of this, the accusations aren't based. The accusations of like a biological advantage aren't based in studies, but they feel like they can matter. And they talk about all these studies, and they are saying that like, all these studies only are studying like cis people rather than trans people. I don't know, but like I feel like basically like every study that they don't agree with, they say is like inherently flawed and should be disregarded. And I feel like sometimes both the left and the right do that. So I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I just want to, like, make a note of that, being like, hey, like, you can't just be like, every other study is wrong, but here are the, like, seven studies I studied that are right. Maybe that's true, but we can't, like, completely disagree on stuff. Um, They said that biological differences does not equal biological advantages. Um, And they said that the biggest advantage right now is socioeconomic. And they say that all the claims about biological advantages are supposed to feel right, but aren't based in truth. And the differences could possibly have an effect, but isn't 
the limiting factor. And categories such as categories such as gender and race are made up and aren't an issue in sports. Um, they also were acknowledging Title IX, but if gender doesn't exist, so like you can't acknowledge that Title IX should be a thing that's enforced stronger, but also say that gender doesn't exist. Yeah, that doesn't. Just saying. Um, then they talk about testosterone levels, and they say that testosterone is like a difference in the spectrum and people's reactions to it is different, which is true. And then they basically are like saying that trans people should be in sports because women, biological women, have testosterone levels and they essentially like weaponize all the women who like suffer from PCOS. And they basically, and I was like, as someone who suffers from PCOS, I was like offended by this because they're like, they're like, how dare they say this is a natural and women have PCOS? They're like, women say, like, they're like, PCOS is like labeled as a disorder or disease when it shouldn't be. Like, it's completely natural. And this is why trans people should compete in sports. And I was like, what? I was like, be in your own lane. Like, and so then they ended it by talking about Leah. Well, they didn't end it by talking about Leah Thomas, but I was just like, this is where I ended it. I have like 10 minutes left and I couldn't deal with it anymore. But Leah, Th- they said that Leah Thomas breaking a record isn't that big of a deal. Um, so at the double and the NCAA like championships, um, she won first place, a fifth place, and an eighth place. Um, and didn't break any records, but she did break. So, like, the record she did break was at a local competition, like a local invitational, and broke a local record. But because, and then they won first, fifth, and eighth at the NCAA. And they said, like, it's not that big of a deal because, like, those aren't that great of placings. And I was like, well, how many other people were they beating? Like, how many other people were they beating just to get to the NCAA championships? Yeah. And I, um, and they talked about like, they're like, they're like, and so there was, so that year that they, they competed, there was 27 records that were broken and 18 out of the 27 records were broke by Kate Douglas. Kate Douglas is a biological woman. Kate Douglas has put in a lot of effort to do this, to do this. Mm-hmm. And so Kate Douglas were, and they're like, why is no one upset about that? Why is no one upset about one biological, like not saying that's a biological advantage. And so that's basically yeah, what they were right. trying to dis- And I said, they, I feel like they were completely disregarded the voices of the women who are speaking out. And they, like, never even talked about the point of, like, how uncomfortable it is for them to be in a locker room with them. Mm-hmm. Which, like, I understand they're talking about the science of it, but, yeah. Anyways. That was that. As you can tell, I just said that, like, uh, I'll talk more about like my other the other podcasts I listened to, but I didn't even find them likable. Like I felt they were very flippant, and they were like weaponizing. They would like compl- they would like say that like gender doesn't exist, race doesn't exist, and like gender is super fluid and all this. But then they would be like, "Well, we need to enforce Title Nine. Like either yeah. gender doesn't exist, and we don't enforce Title Nine because there shouldn't be a Title Nine. There shouldn't mm-hmm. be if the gender doesn't exist, then there shouldn't be men's women's basketball. There should be basketball." Um, is that was that close to comments, questions? Um, no. Conclusions? Good. Me neither. We're never doing an episode on them. Although there is a documentary that you and I need to watch now. It's called Changing the Game. So the next one is an episode called Fighting the Phobes mm-hmm. by the Transgender Podcast, which is hosted by Anna, a trans person and then cam who described himself as your dad which is a really weird reference but okay a cisgender man learning to support transgender like my like my specifically my dad yeah your dad like your your dad as in whoever's listening oh okay i don't know why i need a cisgender man learning to support trans agenda 
um, to be my dad, but, you know. In case you do. I was listening to this podcast over, I think it was a combination of three lunch breaks at work. Mm-hmm. And Allison got some great texts from me. Yeah. Because this this podcast made me spiral. Uh, so first they start by talking about bathrooms. Because that's where all of the phobias begin. Yeah, obviously. Bathrooms. Um, they said toilets are just toilets. No one's questioning whether the toilet's a toilet. We're just questioning whether you belong in the bathroom that you're going to the bathroom in. The toilet's always going to be a toilet. Mm-hmm. They they said make them neutral. I I did laugh at this part. They go, non-binary people are just screwed because of bathrooms. Bathrooms make them choose their gender. I you mean, know, that is a fair statement. Literally, that, I, I, I they have to choose. I can't argue that one. <laughs> no, it's they only have two options. It's a binary. You got me there, and they win. <laughs> Co-host who's trans. He said it took uh, took a year for them to feel comfortable in going to the correct bathroom. And all I could think about to myself was like, maybe that's your subconscious saying, yo, this is wrong. I'm a man. Like, mm-hmm. like if you have to really think about and contemplate what bathroom you should be using, maybe you should take that as a sign that maybe what I'm doing is not right. But, you know, mm-hmm. that's just me being transphobic over here. Yeah. Well, what is called transphobic several times. Mm-hmm. You're also not a feminist. I, I nope. Um, um, so then after yeah, they were done with their whole bathroom talk and how toilets are just toilets, they moved on to the trans flag and had a very long conversation about all the flags that have to do with the rainbow of genders. Did they explain what the brown flag is about? Like, what's up with that? Like the brown, the brown line? flag? Yeah, like the brown and black line. What's that about? Is that actually black? Yes. it's. They said it was to include the African-American queers. What about the African-British? No. What no one Af- talks about the African-British. I want a new ally for these dudes. Um... Apparently, they they say the trans flags bashed by trans people because, like, the pink, the baby pink, the white, and the baby blue, um, is oh, supposed to mimic the three represent gender. like your journey mm-hmm. from like female to male or male to female, and like people say that it doesn't include the people in the middle who don't know what they are yet. Even though the white is like the neutral. What? I never thought about it like that. Co-host continued saying trans women who also wait, as a trans woman who is also a very queer I am wanted wait, a trans woman as a trans woman who is also very queer I am wanted in 73 countries what countries are you wanted in as a straight cis person? Um, about 15 of the ones that do not like Christians. Exactly. Or look What's... at South Africa and what they're doing to white farmers currently. After the whole thing on um, not being wanted in countries. They continue to talk about dating. 
They go, people don't want to date trans people because they are not in the purest form. I don't want to date a trans person because I want to be able to have kids. I want to be able to... I want to date a normal guy. Like, (laughs) after dating, they transitioned into talking about phobias, which is what the whole entire episode was based on. But we took a long journey to get there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the flag had to do bathrooms. I'm like, okay, I can see how you could be like, it's a phobia. Uh, dating, can see how, because they're like, they're transphobes, whatever. But not sure how the flag had to do with that, but. Close to, we don't have the monopoly on getting, um, getting sidetracked. Yeah? We don't have the I'm assuming the flag thing is a sidetracked thing. Oh, yeah. Or was it planned? I don't know. Mm. Um, so they start talking about transphobes and they go the trans person goes, only transphobes only goal is to get to you. They will and they will piss you off. That's their only goal. Apparently our only goal is to get to them. And make them mad. They're, we're just after them. Don't you know this? We're, we're out to get them. We're I guess here I'm... to attack them. Um, oh, all oh, this. This one. You, you might want to sit down for this one. I mean, you're already sitting down. But. You want me to stand up so I can sit down? <laughs> yeah, actually, can you stand? I'm just kidding. You don't have. Okay. Oh, my knees just cracked. So this was Anna, the trans person, talking to the co-host and goes, or to the people listening, and goes, "Transphobes are so much less than you, King, Queen King royalty." <laughs> Referring to the trans people. Okay. Clay. So you're 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 so much less. Then they continued to say tra- transphobes are weak. They didn't come out. The, I I hate that argument. Yeah, um, you know, we stayed strong in our gender mm-hmm. that God gave us. Mm-hmm. Like I think that's how He created us. Mm-hmm. I think there's something to be talked about when it comes to, like, internalized misogyny. Like, I think that is truly an existed thing. But the idea that, the like, every person who has any legitimate criticism against, like, trans people and, like, mm-hmm. genderism is simply just homophobic is such a stupid argument. Yeah. Like, you're weakening your argument, guys. Hmm. Then they continued to talk Mm -hmm. about how people who are transphobic are scared. Yeah. And ready, 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 ready for this one? This this is one of... Transphobes are not confident in themselves. This was where the uh, text I sent Allison saying, do you know you're not confident in yourself? came from because I just that's all I texted her do you know you're not confident in yourself uh and then they started talking about how women attacked the trans agenda because they are worried they're that trans women are going to take the power from them I personally don't think that's why we're attacking it if we are attacking it we're like it's definitely not a power thing. It's a safety concern mm-hmm. in many ways, like especially in sports or even like not calling, not saying that trans women are pedophiles, but if you're just a man who's deciding to transition just because you want to be around little kids or around women in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. 
that's something more concerning more. than trans people taking our power. Exactly. And then, obviously, we go into we need to take a little bit of power away from the white cis men because they don't need it. I actually agree with that. As someone who's been around a lot of white cis men recently, yes, I agree with the statement. You don't want to... I hate the term cis. Can we, can we get rid of the term cis? And then finally they wrap it up with talking about, like, what you do in a situation where you're, you're a trans person that... They started giving ownership to the trans people, like, you own them, which was a very weird way to word it. But, like, they literally emphasized the your. It wasn't even, like, a mistake, because they continued doing it, and, like, they emphasized the fact that you own this trans person, which is odd phrasing, but... So if they're... You're supposed to stand up for them when they're being misgendered, or whatever and they said protect the trans people by standing up for them when people dead name them or misgender them or use the wrong pronouns like stand up and correct them mm-hmm. and then they said trans people have the ultimate say over the situation so anyone who is a biological female or male or cis person not allowed to take control of a situation the trans obviously. person's supposed to. Obviously. Like, makes sense. And I said, respect your trans person always. But I feel like maybe we should respect all people. Maybe. Like, I feel like that's just a given. We should have respect for each other. But yeah, I, apparently. I only, only trans people. Only trans people get respect. And then finally they wrapped it up with saying, trans people have a harder life than transphobes. Followed by, I don't actually know what a transphobe's life's like, but I imagine it's harder than a trans person's life. Easier than a trans person's life. You said that you liked the guy in this episode, right? Yeah, he was... I mean, he was just a guy. Mm-hmm. The trans person drove me crazy because you gotta have that everybody's terrible except for me mentality when you're trans, apparently. Okay, so there's a bit of an abrupt transition here. Because we move on from Calista's podcast to mine. So I just want to drop in saying, like, that's what our complete thoughts were on. And and then we went off on, like, a weird tangent that I cut. But here's, like, the official transition into the next podcast episode. So I listened to an episode um, from a podcast called Gender, A Wider Lens. And the episode was called Myths misconceptions and exaggerations about gender i think i texted calissa this and i was like i really like the two women that have a cis one of them i think is irish the other one american the older lady the irish one is a like is a, a therapist Or, like, I, it's not like counselors, like, it, well, I wouldn't say like therapist, kind of, it's more like whatever. What is the other version of therapist? It's not like counselor, but what I, you know what I mean? Like, I said, it's a therapist. Like, an adult therapist. Like, one of them is an adult therapist, and the other one is a child therapist. And then the first thing that, like, really, really got me liking them is they talked about how their myth was that there's no pain on earth like gender euphoria, dysphoria. Like your person was saying. So that was the way when you said it. That's what I was thinking of. And they said that pain is subjective and gender dysphoria is subjective. And we can understand people's experiences even if we don't understand them. And so the idea that 
the idea that gender dysphoria is like the worst thing that could ever happen to a person. I'm being hunted in 73 different countries. Like that can be true to you, but that doesn't mean that it's true to everyone. Like you are not objectively, you're not objectively suffering from the most amount of like emotional, physical, or mental pain that mm-hmm. someone can. For you, this may be like the end of your world, but it's not the end of everybody else's world. Yeah. Um, next one I talked about is a myth that parents are a threat to their children, which I think I told you about this one because I was like, I love these people. And they said that parents are children, and they said that parents and children are meant to disagree with each other. And they said that parents, um, a quote that says, parents don't know if they do a good job with their children until they become adults. And so there's this entire idea right now that giving your child um, guidance has now become problematic. And, like, the whole idea that if you're parenting a child and your child disagrees with you, you're automatically a bad parent and your kid should be taken away from you. And they were saying that not conforming to your child's declared belief doesn't traumatize them. It's just normal parenting. They talked about another myth is that all concern for, like, like all concerns surrounding, like, transitioning is a far-right extremist trans hate. And they said, like, that's not true. Like, not wanting to medicalize a minor isn't coming from a place of hate. It's coming from a place of medical ethics. And they say the far right, far right is an extreme descriptive descriptor of those against gender affirming care. It's not, you're not an extremist to not want to medicalize a child, which I was like, thank you. This is what I mean. We're like, we can find common ground. Like, this podcast is finding common ground, Calista. I am, in, like, in love with these women. I was like, I have found my po- common ground podcast. I'm going to be there. If they have a Patreon, I'm subscribing to the Patreon. Oh, so they talked about estrangement, about, like, people who, like, the the idea that, like, people who are, like, if you transition, I'll never talk to you ever again. Specifically between, like, the relationship between parent in child, because that's a lot of, like, what they talk about, especially in their book. And they said that there's a myth that estrangement is one-sided, and it compares parents to always being a danger to their child and how parents abandon their children. And so there's a difference between parents abandoning their children and children who abandon their parents. And they say that, um, basically, like, this, there's, like, two different kinds, there's, like, two different kinds of cultures, especially compared, like, the West, and I guess like other country like other countries so like they talk about like we live in a individualistic culture and like we function as an individual culture while other places like think like like asia or even like a lot of latin american they live in more of like a family-based culture and there's this idea that a family-based culture sacrifices individual individuality and self-exploration and there's like this evolution right now of like familial obedience and familial duty and i just thought like this was like a a whole thing and they had like a really good conversation about it like honestly of everything we listened to today i 100 percent recommend listening to this episode it is Mm -hmm. a short hour it's a short hour blows by and they just have like really interesting conversation they go off on a couple tangents but we go off on tangents so that's fair. They go, they go off on some like some weird race-related tangents, but other than that, like I think they have a lot of really interesting things to say when it comes to like relationship between a parent and a child. Especially, I think that especially can can be like I would say this would be good for like I guess like the upcoming like millennial parents at the moment who are seeing mm-hmm. their. Which is like, I guess, is the millennial parents are the ones who are kind of seeing their kids wanting to transition the most, and especially like the more conservative millennial parents. And like hearing this and seeing, like, not to say that these women like side with them, but the ones who come from more of a world that the child would be more attuned to, and how we can come to the same agreement together, and how like this may be able to like bridge the mm-hmm. gap communication yeah um
Yeah. And then there's a word that I can't even pronounce anymore, but I like don't have a lot to say about it because I like just recommend listening to the podcast. I really enjoyed it. Um, I want to read their book um, and just kind of see what they have to say. Um, and I would love to listen to another episode of theirs. Anyways, Calista, what do you feel like you learned anything? fallible from this experience um no <laughs> no you didn't learn a single do you think you learned anything from this experience um no i feel like i just got to spend my time like getting like educated and you were like essentially hate crimes I was, I was told, yeah, I was told I was not wanted, or I was not discriminated against. Mm-hmm. Even though we currently, there are, in ways, reverse racism going on. Reverse racism isn't a thing, Calista. There is racism, racism, I hate this term. I hate, you know I hate this term. There's no such thing as reverse racism. Anyone can be racist. It's not reverse racism, Calista. I know. I know you hate the term, that's why I said it. I felt like I learned new things. I also found a new podcast to listen to. They're quite soothing. Maybe I'll listen to them at work while I'm adding veggies. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of I Don't Want to Talk About Politics. Please check us out on Instagram at IDWTAP. Underscore podcast. Underscore podcast. Check out, I didn't write it down this time. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, check out our personal Instagrams uh, Ali.joy173 and CalistaJ1776. Also, make sure to check out our website, which is www.idwtappodcast.com. This month, our, uh, or our, like, bringing awareness to and kind of, like, I guess, social justice, I guess, um, mission is regarding human trafficking. Um, Costa, did you want to chat a little bit about the organizations that we're supporting so i chose three local ones meaning arizona oregon and washington because those are the states we're associated with Mm -hmm. um so in arizona there's where hope lives which is one that um, supports a girl so you can sponsor a girl and then like help them through their recovery um, and then the Center for Hope and Safety in Oregon um, they're currently building a home slash business where the bottom level is going to be businesses and the top level is going to be housing for those in recovery from trafficking, domestic abuse, and sexual assault. And then for Washington, I did Helping Captives, which is a organization that does, well, it's a ministry that has a goal of preventing trafficking before it starts, as well as helping those afterwards and intervening and getting people out. And they have a few different things. They they have a thrift store. They also have a coffee um, brand, I guess. What's your coffee brand called? It's Helping Captives, which is also their name, but they partner with LaShaw Ranch Roasters. And then I did a national one, which is the National Human Trafficking Hotline, where you can call if you're in need of help. 
Or if you know someone who's in need of help, you can leave a tip. That's the one that's um, airport bathrooms, too. Yes, it is. And then finally, globally, I did Operation Underground Railroad, which is the organization started by Tim Ballard, who the movie Sound of Freedom is based on. So they help more globally going into the countries and rescuing people from other countries as well. So it's not just a local thing. So I mean, um, just check out these organizations if you want to donate a dollar, buy yeah, some. Ranch. They all have. They all have opportunities to volunteer mm-hmm. or donate. Costa, are you glad to be back? Yes, I'm also glad to be back. What are we talking about this next episode? We don't know, so I guess there's no. There's no... Oh, no. You will find out. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next episode.